Welcome to the Grace Place Weekly Podcast. No matter your size, age, shade, or background, here you'll receive compelling lessons suited to help guide your walk with Christ and your relationships with others. Please join us now for this week's podcast, recorded live from Grace Place in St. Paul, Minnesota. I want to thank Nate for telling me to not give up. That's right, bro. I want to read from the Psalms this morning. One of the things that I want to say is that I'm grateful for the Bible. I really am. And uh, I don't take it for granted. I think it's valuable for instruction, inspiration direction, but you know that the Word of God gets underestimated in part because of the Bible, in my opinion, because it is in a text form, and so we read it, you know, people read it in their own voice, you know. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was good. And something is lost. And so I want to read Psalm 29, verse 3. To hear the raw, unfiltered gravitas and power of the Word of God. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. That's the word of God. It would be cool to have been present when God's voice thundered across the empty darkness and said, let there be light. Just to hear that. Shock and awe. Remember that? That's the voice of God. Shock and awe. I wonder how many times people have been driving on 94 and they began to approach the exit of White Bear Avenue, and they saw the golden arches there in the sky and thought, I want to get a Big Mac. Exited on to White Bear Avenue, went down to Suburban Avenue, took a left. If you're going east, a right. If, you're going west, if you were coming from the west, a left if you're coming from the east. Only to discover there's no McDonald's there. Fake news. The liberals, or the left wing, often accuse the right wing of propagating fake news. 
and the right wing accuses the left wing of propagating fake news, and they're both right. There was a man, a journalist. He won the highest award a journalist can win. He won the Pulitzer Prize. And his name was Walter Durante. And he was the number one journalist. He was the Walter Cronkite in print back then. And his articles were featured in the front page of the New York Times for 20 years. And he was a, an acquaintance or a friend of Joseph Stalin. And for, for 20 years, he, be, he would write fake news, for the most part, about the Soviet Union and the conditions over there. And when there were rumors and uh, word that uh, the Stalin regime had starved millions of Ukrainian pe peasants, Walter Durante wrote articles dismissing this and calling it conspiracy theory, that the Holodomor was a fiction in people's minds. But it came out later that this was true, that millions of people starved to death in Ukraine. Back then, they didn't have an internet or various multi-sources of news that they could go to to fact-check or get a different opinion. They had to rely upon the New York Times and a few other media sources. Back in the day, before we had something called the Bible that was widely spread, mass-produced, so that the common man could get his hands on it and read it for himself, they would go to the church and the, the members of the clergy would read whatever part of the Bible they wanted the people to know and he, they would interpret it the way they wanted the people to perceive what they read to them. And so the people were dependent upon the clergy to know what God's word actually said. And they relied upon the integrity and the competency of the clergy to deliver the word of God to them in a valuable way. But now, I can pick up my phone, tap the screen, and I can read for myself that nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God. I can read for myself that greater is he that sinned me than he that sinned the world. I can read for myself that if God be for me, who can be against me? The word of God to the everyday person. The word of God just for them whenever they need it. Elijah, the prophet, had just finished a literal mountaintop experience where he had taken the prophets of Baal to this mountain, the king of Israel, and he had proposed a showdown over who was God. And he said that the God who answers, answers prayer by fire 
He's the real God, and he's the one we're going to serve. The false prophets did their thing, and they wailed, and they screamed, and they cut themselves and cried out to their God. Nothing happened. The prophet of God, Elijah prayed a prayer, Lord, I'm here at your command. Please answer my prayer. And send fire, down, fire came down from heaven, consumed the sacrifice, and Israel repented. After that, they seized the prophets of Baal, and Elijah slew every one of them. Then, at his word, the rain had stopped. There had been a drought in Israel for years. And at his word, Elijah opened up the heavens by the power of God, and rain came down. Now, do you think that you might have some confidence after that? Do you think you might be feeling yourself? I think I would. But the queen of Israel said, she sent words to the prophet and said, I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow. And those words made him run. He ran, and he went and hid in a cave. <laughs> the words of a woman, you know. I'm kidding. It's a joke. He ran and hid in a cave. Feeling sorry for himself, afraid. And God is thinking, <laughs> what are you doing? And so he sent a mighty wind that broke the rocks around Elijah. God was not in the wind. After that, he sent an earthquake and shook where Elijah was. God wasn't in the earthquake. Sent a fire. God wasn't in the fire. But after that, he sent a still small voice, the word of God in a whisper. What I'm saying is this, is that it was words that sent him into the state he was in, and it was words that got him out of that state. That's the power of words. Have you ever heard of something called psychological warfare? When the Mongolian army, under the leadership of Genghis Khan, when they were about to approach a city that they wanted to take for themselves, they would catapult the severed heads of the people who had previously stood against them, they would catapult their heads over the walls of that city. Psychological warfare. You better do what we say and just give up. When the US military dropped atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, I think it was partly to send a message and use psychological warfare to the Soviet Union. Did you see what we can do? Did you see what we just did? Don't mess with us. 
There was a man in the Bible, he's the king of Assyria, and his name was uh, Sennacherib, and he engaged in psychological warfare to the king of Judah, Hezekiah. And he sent a message, he sent his words, and he said, listen here, nobody has been able to stand against us. We've run through everybody like a buzzsaw, and you'll be, you'll be no different. None of their gods could help them, and your God won't help you either. And it struck fear in the heart of Hezekiah. He was afraid. He was terrorized. Hezekiah sent money to the king of Assyria. He said, here, take this money, and please just leave us alone. Go away. But the king of Assyria wouldn't have any of it. He said, we're going to come and get you, and we're going to destroy you like we've destroyed everybody else. You have no chance. This word was sent to the prophet of God named Isaiah. Isaiah came to Hezekiah and he said, Now you've heard the words of the king of Assyria. Now listen to the words of the king of kings. Don't you worry about them. I'll take care of the Assyrians. In fact, Hezekiah, why don't you just go to bed? You go to sleep. I'll deal with them. I've got this. That night, an angel of the Lord went and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the king of Assyria woke up, he was uh, surrounded by dead bodies, and he ran with his tail between his legs back to his hometown. What I'm saying is, is that words, when words come against you, whether they're words from the past that your mom or your dad said about you, that are negative, that are crippling, that are paralyzing psychologically, go to your Bible or go to the Lord in prayer and say, what do you have to say? There was a champion of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath. He killed everyone he ever faced. He was a giant. He towered over everyone. And he was skilled. And every day he would come down from his side of the, of the mountain into the valley. And he would shout over to the Israelites and say, I'm going to kill one of yours. I want them to come and meet me for battle. And after I kill him, you will be our servants and slaves forever. And he did this over and over again. And his words began to get into the heads and the hearts of the people of God. And they were afraid and they were fearful. It is so good. This is something I've had to learn and I'm still learning. But I'm going to tell you that when I start having thoughts and words of doubt in my brain, and they begin to affect the way I feel, I begin to think about what God said. What did you say? The Bible says that he has exalted his word even above his name. 
That name that's above every name. His word is higher. So David heard what this man was saying. And he said, why hasn't anyone done anything about him? And he quickly understood that everybody is terrorized of him. And uh, he went to the king. And you know what the king did? The king just repeated terrorizing words from Goliath to David. He said, you have no chance. This man has been a warrior from his youth. He's experienced. He's making knows what he's doing. You don't stand a chance here. Those words just bounced right off. <laughs> David said, whoa, hey, wait a minute here. You don't know who you're talking to. I've killed a lion and a bear. What do you think of that? Have you done that? Well, I have. And the same God that delivered me from those two beasts will deliver me from this Philistine. He went down into the valley. Before I finish this story, have you guys heard of this? There's this thing that people put on their bumper sticker. Uh, uh, they put it on the car or they maybe wear a shirt that says it. It says, nope. Yeah. Have you seen that? Anyway, David goes and he's, he's going to meet this giant who's been saying all this stuff. Giant comes out to meet him. And he sees him, and he begins to talk again, using words. I'm going to feed your flesh to the fowls of the air. I'm going to feed your flesh to the beasts of the field. Yada, yada, yada. And David said, nope. You want to talk to me? Well, I can talk too. I'm going to feed your flesh to the fowls of the air, the beasts of the field. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Do you know, when I was a little kid, I remember this. I went to a general conference. We were, I, my dad was a pastor of the United Pentecostal Church. And we went to general conference that year in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And I remember everything about this time so vividly because it was the first time I'd ever experienced the word of God and its power personally. We were in the evening service. That's the big one. And um, the word of God came via tongues and interpretation. And what God said was that in the next few days there's going to be very bad weather. It's going to be scary, he said. But none of you are to worry because none of you will be harmed. I remember that. Yeah, I remember thinking because it, it was interesting because up until that point, the weather had been really nice. That night, we went to bed. We woke up in the morning. The sky was dark. There was lightning, there was thunder, the meteorologists were on the TV telling everybody there's tornadoes coming, seek shelter, be afraid, be very afraid. And I remember my attitude when I, when I saw that was, nope. And I had this attitude where I was almost cocky about it, like, God said, we're all going to be fine, so I'm not going to worry about it. And I remember, nothing happened. 
just a personal story there. I want to turn your attention to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Let's read about Jesus. Verse 15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And by him all things were made, and without him was not made anything that was made. He made it all his word. He was on a boat traveling over the sea. A storm came up. The weather was bad. And the people in the boat were afraid because of the storm and the sea. And the people, the ancient people, those people on that boat were afraid of the sea anyway because they had a, they were intimidated by the sea itself. They believed that the sea was a reservoir for evil and chaos. And so there they were and they came to Jesus and said, hey, do you see what's going on here? Don't you care if we make it or not? Jesus stood up, went over, looked out over the wind and the waves, and he said, peace, be still. What am I saying? I'm saying that he was the word, that by him all things were made, including the sea, the waves, and the wind. Let me tell you a principle, a biblical spiritual principle. If by man, that is Adam, if by man sin was introduced to the world, then by a man, Jesus Christ, sin would be defeated. If sin was entered into the world by a man's actions, then a man would enter the world and by his actions take away the sin of the world. If by his word the sea and the wind were made, then by his word he could stop them. I've told this story before, but it fits today. My background in the home church I went to in Spooner, many of the people that were there, the elderly saints that were there, came from a small church in Superior, Wisconsin. And 
was in this church one time a while ago that they had an evangelist there. And I don't know what preceded this, but he, there was a, a, a young girl there. And he directed his words toward this young girl. He said, I prophesy, you know, you have to say I prophesy to make it seem more legitimate if you're trying to prophesy. He said, I prophesy that you will be cursed and you will not succeed. Yeah. And the thing about it when I heard this story was that not, to my knowledge, not one adult talked back. And what I would have liked to have seen, every time I think about this, it brings my blood pressure up to dangerous levels. When, what I would have liked to have seen was an adult, probably the pastor, her pastor, look him in the eye and say, nope. I know this, this woman who was a girl then. She's been mightily blessed by God. She has a ministry, a mighty ministry used in the kingdom of God. Nope. No curse. Among the Messianic Jews, the Jews who believe in Jesus, in many of their synagogues, they have, they'll have artifacts from uh, the Old Testament or Judaism. And many of them have scrolls that are very large. They're about six feet tall. And what they do is often they'll put uh, the Psalms of David on these scrolls. And whenever somebody in the congregation is in trouble, if they're going through a trial or a hard time, if the enemy is attacking them or if someone has come against them and slandering them, using words to uh, mischaracterize them, they'll have that person come up to the front and they'll take the, those huge scrolls with the Psalms of David and they'll wrap that person up in them. They literally wrap them like a cocoon in the word of God. The Bible says he has said, so that I may boldly say, amen. I'm redeemed. I'm part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special people called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. I'm not a failure. I'm a child of the king. His royal blood flows through my veins. And this isn't all there is. He's got more. I've got a hope. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. 
You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. To learn more about Grace Place, please visit our website at graceplacemn.org. Thanks for listening. May God bless you this week.